Hello and welcome to Volume 2, Issue 97 of Cane and Rinse. Using the foundations laid down by a 2008 Flash game, Edmund McMillan and Tommy Refines crafted what would become one of the most talked about and well-loved digital releases to hit Xbox Live Arcade and PC. Combining precision platforming with a charmingly juvenile sense of humour, Super Meat Boy catapulted the two halves of Team Meat into indie superstardom. Joining me, Joshua Garrity, for this issue, James Carter. Hello. And Darren Gargett. I have the t-shirt on right now. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. I feel like a super fanboy. Oh, and that's got food stains on it. Oh. Oh, well, you're not much of a fan if you let it get stained, are you? Well. Are, are there at least meat stains where a meat boy ran up against you and banged into your <laughs> chest several times? I think they are, actually, yeah. I think there is a, a little beef stain on there. <laughs> <laughs> As always with Kane and Rince, we like to start with our histories with a franchise or a game. So I'm going to uh, ask James to start us off. Um, Yeah, I think it was pretty impossible to not be aware of Super Meat Boy in the probably three or four months up to its release. Um, Certainly I was well aware of it. Uh, I picked it up on Xbox Live on its day of release. Um, I remember coming home from work and people were saying it's just gone up and it was... We're going to come back to this. I'm sure it was tough to find. You basically had to search. That was um, hmm. e- even then. I think the Xbox Live Arcade store didn't have the best of interfaces, and if it wasn't on one of the ads at the front, it was tough to find. But um, but I knew what I was looking for, so I downloaded the game, and I'd never played it on Xbox. Um, I ended up getting it on PC. Uh, I, I ended up getting just sent a copy by someone who'd got multiple copies so they sent me um mm. a link to a direct download copy of it um and so i grabbed it on there and played it and just loved it this was probably a, a few months after it had come out on pc so early 2011 um and then came back to it earlier this year and sunk my teeth into the later worlds um and and started banging my head against those a little bit um and finished it uh, yeah earlier this year uh, Darren, uh, yeah, I, I, I forgot all about the um, the lack of prominence on the on the Xbox dashboard because um, I was one of the lucky ones who got sent a review code for I was reviewing for a local newspaper at the time, and I promised Team Meat that I'd send them the article. And you know, once they they found fame and stardom, they didn't really care whether the article hit their desks or not. But um, yeah, I I was at my uh, my brother's house, uh, James, and we were at a beer festival in Nottingham, and just not just. Just just because I had a few and I had the courage, I sent them an email. Like, I heard about your game. You know, really interested in doing a review for it. And then, like, the, like, the next night, you know, a review code came back and um, drove back from Nottingham and met up with uh, Will, my, my friend Will. And we played it around his house for ages, passing the pad with some beers. And, uh, yeah, and just had a, a cracking time. Cool. Um, well... 
I wasn't really excited for Super Meat Boy on the run-up to release. I was aware of its existence, um, and uh, I was aware of its uh, its existence way back when it was originally just going to be a WiiWare game um, before it uh, they uh, had it come over to Xbox Live Arcade instead. Hmm. Um, yeah, but I just kind of got caught up in the zeitgeist. Um, like, so many people were talking about it. You know, all the right people were talking about it mm-hmm. as well. People I trusted, people I, I knew whose tastes lined up with mine. Um and I and I bought it day one, and I didn't play it for about a year. Even <laughs> though, uh, well, good job. Um, so I, I played the first world um, when when it first came out, um, but then I just left it for ages and ages and ages. Um, but how, then, how come? Sorry, how come? Like any reason? Um, just because I was. Um, intimidated by the difficulty really like i was enjoying it it's just i uh, for whatever reason back in 2010 i wasn't really into like super challenging games i just wanted uh you know experiences that just went along Hmm. um but but recently for whatever reason that's changed and now i crave those kind (laughs) of uh challenging experiences and and about a year ago now, I believe, I just suddenly got the urge to go, no, maybe it was longer than that. Maybe it was two years ago. I'm not entirely sure, but <laughs> I just suddenly got the urge to um, to, say, to complete Super Meat Boy just so I could say I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it in, you know, about a week. It's not a long game, but it's the kind of game that you want to take breaks with. So it took me about a week to plough through the entirety of Super Meat Boy. And, um, yeah, that was an interesting experience, which I'm sure we'll get onto later on. Um, it is also, it is worth mentioning, I did briefly mention um, in the intro uh, that this is uh, based on a Flash game uh, called Meat Boy that was released in two- uh, 2008. Mm. Um, Tommy Refines wasn't actually involved with this early version of the game. Um, can someone remind me who the... Uh, who John McEntee. Ed- it was Team, yes. Team Mike. It was actually listed as MIC Team Mike yeah. in, the, in the credits. Uh, I played it for the first time today, um, which was it's- interesting. Yeah, um, it is because there is no con- well. Obviously, it's a browser-based uh, flash yeah. game, so there there isn't a, any controller support. Um, which you know, for Meat Boy, for me, is just I cannot cannot control that game <laughs> with uh, a keyboard. Um, yeah, no, yeah. The game even says like when you boot up the PC version without. Well, I don't know if it's with the pad in or not, but it just says look. You need you need a gamepad for this game because otherwise yeah, yeah. You, you know you're gonna die and you know you do die a lot with the gamepad so with a mouse well with a keyboard I don't yeah. know how you get through the game. Yeah. Um, Meat, Meat Boys certainly having played Super Meat Boy maybe it would have been different not having played it but it looks the part you can see where a lot of the influences come from but in terms of the controls it's left right arrow key space to um, to jump and I I found it really difficult especially wall hmm. jumps just to to remotely do that because the timing on the button presses it just feels off versus mm. a controller which feels for whatever reason right and maybe that's you know retroactively me thinking that uh, maybe it would have been okay playing it right in the, that way around first time but I just get the feeling that 
it needed someone to sit down and get the the controller support correct uh-huh. and it's just not a surprise at all that um that they decided to make to not make it mandatory but to really lean heavily on controller uh-huh. um support and push it hard as it were anyway i i think i just want to jump straight into the meat of the experience and uh. talk about the gameplay um oh that was unintentional as well. Um, that was in no way deliberate. Sorry, did you hear um, me sigh then? That was an audible sigh, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was going to be for my head. Uh, oh. Anyway, um, well, the first thing that strikes you about Super Meat Boy, apart from the aesthetic, I, I think for a lot of people, is the controls. Um, this game is so precise mm-hmm. and, and feels so good. They get that they have the balance right between um you know floatiness and precision there's you i don't know if i'm explaining this very well but you know super the meat boy himself just has that right level of you know he can propel himself through the air and he you know you feel he can it feels like he's flying through the air but you still have that control over him mm. while he's in the air and I mean, how how did you guys first react when you first got your hands on Meat Boy? It's kind of one of the first platforming games where I've really took notice of the the precision and the then the um, the tightness of the controls. Um, I know like games like Mario Three and stuff where, but there were Super Meat Boy was obviously influenced by Mario, uh, but, mm, yeah. but Meat Boy even by you know Nintendo standards, Meat Boy excels above what Mario's done in previous uh, games. And yeah, I've never really thought about it until that until Super Meat Boy. I was like, oh my god, like Meat Boy, he's, you feel like you're in control at all times, mm. but that doesn't stop you from going absolutely crazy. Like some platform games are too safe, and they're, they're like you're always sticking to the walls. You're always sort of like you, like in Meat Boy when you're running, you feel like at any time it can go out of control. But in mm. in the same in equal balance, you're entirely in control of Meat Boy himself. It's, it's it's really quite difficult to explain into words. It's all about how it feels I mean, in your hand. What you're describing there is is the the ridiculous phenomenon of riding a bike, isn't it? Mm. If you're going slowly on a bike, actually, it's mm. really difficult to hold a steady line and to keep balance, especially if you're really crawling along. But you start mm. picking up some pace, and by all rights, you should start getting more and more scared at how fast you might be going, especially if you're mm. barreling downhill. But you start feeling more stable because of it. Um, mm. It has that feeling for me, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I get what you mean. What you mean, absolutely, Darren. And that's one of the um, that's one of the pieces of advice when I say to people like when they're struggling with games like Super Meat Boy, and uh, most recently New Super Mario Brothers U. I said, run, just run as fast as you can towards the um, you know towards the bad guys, towards the pits, and and get a feel for how the character feels like, is it the inertia mm. of the character, the movement, the uh, and and the precision, and uh, yeah, you you'll click, it'll click at one point, and. You know, people were like, I see people walking through levels of New Super Mario Brothers U and Super Meat Boy, and they're just like they're dying at the like not the easiest bits of the level, but sort of like you know the bits where you should be just hurling over and stuff like that. So yeah, I really think yeah. that Meat Boy thrives on its speed, but at the same time, it doesn't feel out of control like some platform games that I have played recently, where they're like, yeah, we're just like Super Meat Boy. There's a game called. Um, Oh, Kung Fu Rabbit or something. Like, even in the uh, description, it's like we want to. You know, we're trying. We're, we're inspired by Super Meat Boy, and you put it on, and it's just so safe and boring. Like, there's no like mm. sense of what Team Meat have put into their game. There's no. There's no sense of like at any time. You know, the game will kill you at any time, but in, in, in equal measure, you're entirely in, in control of Meat Boy. 
Well, for me, it, it's the little things. Um, just, you know, the, um, the wall jump and the wall slide. Mm. Um, Tommy, in a, in a special feature for Indie Game the Movie, talked about, you know, getting that wall jump just right and having that delay. Um, cause a lot of people, when playing, uh, platformers with a wall jump complained about the fact that the moment you, um, you know, click to the left or to the right, hmm. they'll just come off the wall mm-hmm. and you can't perform the jump. But uh, t- with that in consideration, Tommy programmed it, so there is this slight delay when yeah. you click to the left. Mm-hmm. So Meat Boy doesn't immediately come off the wall. And s- little stuff like that just makes it feel so much more precise and um, so much more... Um, Oh, I don't know what the word. It, it just it feels intuitive in a way that a lot of platformers don't for me. Mm. Like mm. even the best, even the absolute best uh, platformers out there don't have this level, th- like this feeling that you're driving like a sports car. Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's uh, there are. <laughs> I don't know if I'm wording this very well, but there there just aren't many games where the feeling of controlling the character is a pleasure in of itself. Um, just like I, even though I've completed um, these levels, God knows how many times, I will sometimes just feel the urge to load up Super Meat Boy and play the early levels just mm. to, you know, get that feeling again. Just that mm. f- to remind myself, just like this is, you know, this how is how platformers. Yeah. Ha- this is how it should be done. Yeah. Um, think- and. Oh, on, I was just going to quickly say on on that point about the wall jump. That's one of the most telling problems I had um, playing Meat Boy today, is that you're using the space key to jump, and your instinct is to want to press say left if you want to jump left off the wall and then hit jump, and it, it doesn't work. You've already fallen off the wall, and on some of the levels it's moving upwards, and if you fall off the screen you die. Um, and so that is, it, it's really astute for Tommy to have picked up that that was not just a problem with platformers in general, but mm-hmm. a problem that actually was in the game that the Super Meat Boy is based on. And just say, well, there's a clear problem. That's why people might have found it frustrating rather than difficult for the right reasons. It's difficult for the wrong reason because it's not doing what you, inst- it doesn't make it, it doesn't invite you to to get control of the character as easily as, as something like Super Meat Boy does. Mm. Uh, it's not just the actual control of Meat Boy that makes the, the wall kick so like refined and perfect. It's the uh, it's the audio and the visual that go with it. Like Meat yeah. Boy, it, it will slap against the wall and it will make this real satif- satisfying squelch. Mm. And it actually feels like because of that that he's stuck to the wall. And as well as the, the you know the, the slight delay in the um, in the in, in the analog stick movement, it kind of feels like the, he is pressed against his wall and like because he's raw meat, he's stuck to this wall sliding up and down it. Mm. And then you've got the trail of blood that follows up behind him. It's just ah. Uh, I was just—I was in level one earlier in the forest, and I was just like che- checking out the controls, getting a feel for it, seeing if the Xbox and PC versions felt any different, like control-wise. And the, the way he was sliding up and down the wall, you know, it felt—it just felt like that's how it should be in all mm. games. It's—it's it's every time you pull away from it, it goes, it pulls away, it makes a noise, it looks—it looks good, that the animations mm. there, and then as soon as you hit another wall, it does exactly the same thing. You know, he slaps against the wall, makes the noise, so your brain goes, all right. I'm against the wall now, and then you know what to do. Yeah, it's all about like 
the controls are so well refined and sort of binary. It's either one thing or another. It's it's not going to be. Oh, sometimes you may not make this like you know this jump because you you done something wrong. It's always um it's always the game's like it's always the game's fault. No, it's always your fault. Sorry, <laughs> it's ne- it's never the game's fault that the game's hard, and it, and yeah. that's because it gives you all the information needed visually and audibly, and uh, yeah, and it gives you the best controls possible. The the use of blood is actually. It, it, it was a genius move because even in an environment where Super Meat Boy should blend in, just having that blood squelching everywhere, you always know where he is, even in environments like Hell, where mm. Hell looks, you know, it has a similar colour palette as the main character. So by all rights, he sh- you know, you should lose track of Meat Boy in that kind of environment. But you don't because there's blood spraying everywhere. Yeah. It's impossible to miss him. Um, and you know the control. You know the controls being great is one thing, but it's supported by some of the best level design um, I've seen in a game. Like the the level design is incredibly challenging, uh, but because the controls are so tight. It allows them to push the player uh, in the way they do later on, but it's not—it's not immediately apparent how challenging Super Meat Boy become, uh, you know, becomes because they do—they do do a very good job of easing you in. Mm-hmm. The uh, the first the first world, the forest, like half of that uh, level is kind of you know is tutorial. It goes by mm-hmm. like really quickly. But um, it it does effectively introduce all the mechanics you um, you'll have to use for throughout the rest of the game. Um, then it starts to you know um, uh, throw some of the more challenging level designs at you. Um, and you know, at first, like I said earlier, like I was kind of put off by um, just how much repetition is involved, but. You, uh, you know, once you really get into it, you do realise that there is, there is that pattern that you know there is that like set of actions that will get you through it. You know, every time. And um, you know, one of the things I say is a, you know, a you know, a game can be really hard, but the a sign that it is in fact really well designed is that. You you find it challenging first time, but when you go back to it, it's not so hard. Like because I remember having you know the later levels of you know the forest world being a bit of a challenge for me, but now I can go through that without you know that entire world without dying a, a single time, which to me is a testament to how like how well designed those levels are. That that you you know your muscle memory you can just it's. You'd never forget the the moves that you have to do in order to get through. Somebody else talk because I've waffled <laughs> on too long. I, I think the the telling thing when we talk about level design is kind of related to what Darren you were saying earlier, which is it's not just that when you advise someone say to just run and just go with it and try and get a flow going, that's about their confidence in part. It's also about the fact that. Um, once you get a bit of momentum with the character, you might, you know, string some moves together and, and sort of, um, and you'll get a bit of a better handle on the controls. It's also down to level design because actually, um, Super Meat Boy is designed in terms of the way the obstacles are spaced, the way, the, the speed and way that, say, the buzzsaws move. They're actually designed for you to be running through those. 
If you are standing still, and there are specific levels where you cannot get through it unless you run, which I'll I'll come back to in a sec. But if 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 you start trying to jump and then stop and hold your position and then edge forward and jump again, um, you'll find that it's impossible to get past some of the obstacles, literally because they are spaced so that it's the running jump or mm. um, a wall jump that has the right trajectory, has the right speed, has the right. Um, the right distance to get you to where you need to go. I got to, I think it's like the sixth or seventh um, level in in World 1, and I couldn't do it. And for the life of me, I couldn't do it because I'd started the game, gone away for a few days, come back, and Mm. I'd just completely forgotten there was a run. It sounds really yeah. stupid when you get to the end of the game because you, I hold down the right trigger all the time now, pretty much all the time. It, it's only if I'm really not getting through a section that I take off and think, okay, there's a way to get through this otherwise. Um, but yeah, I just got to, it's that first level. Um, actually, there's a couple of them, but there's there's one of them where you have to wall jump. So you tr- you're immediately trying to jump to the right over a gap you can't make it um so what you do is you jump to the left stick on the wall and then jump over to the right and it gives you the right trajectory and then there's another one where um you're you've got um oh i can't quite remember how it's laid out but basically you have to do a running jump to to make it across and it's it's just a hard wall in front of you if you're not going to use the controls that you've been given you're not going to get through this um and it, it just, I feel like each of the first, certainly the first half of that um, forest world, each of the levels is trying to show you something different you can do with Meat Boy. And it's drilling into you, you are going to have to do these. There's no fudging your way through this. There's no lucking, your, you know, getting lucky and getting through this. There are certain things you're going to have to do. And it literally is, you know, a line in the sand drawn. If you want to get past this point, learn to run. Um, and I think that's a really smart way of doing it. Um, because it's not a difficult thing to do and as Darren you were saying it actually is it's worth encouraging people to do that and start to get a, a sort of better grip and a better mm. understanding of how it works yeah. you, you, you also learn things about the levels just you know through failure um, you know we talk about you've talked about Dark Souls being that way in that every time you die you're actually educating yourself mm. about how the you know the enemy's patterns and so forth and so on the same thing here there's so many times where especially in the later levels where i've had those aha moments where it's like <laughs> oh yeah. so that's right okay so if i do this next time <laughs> i'll be fine and most you know 9 out of 10 times it it works out mm-hmm. once I've figured out exactly what I have to do at that moment. There's there's a moment um, later. It, I think it's one of the last levels in the game where um, there there were these like two saws on the floor that kept flitting about, and I thought it was like a rat, just completely random. Um, the, the saws were just <laughs> like I had to avoid the floor at all costs because those saws would kill me no matter what. But you know, every time I tried to jump over this gap, I'd get killed by whatever was you know on the other side or on the you know behind me or whatever. It was only when like I really paid attention, you know, looking at replays and stuff, and I noticed that there is that there was that window that small. It was a small window, but there was that window where there was a section of the floor where those two saws kept spinning about that was clear for me to jump on and once i knew that 
it was eat that level suddenly uh, you know a hell of a lot easier and 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 it's those moments in super meat boy that make it so great those moments where you realize that this isn't random this isn't just they're not just throwing stuff at you uh, you know there is a logic to Mm -hmm. every level there is a design there and there is a way for you to get through you've just got to figure it out yeah and uh, the way super meat boy trains the player into getting better at the game is by generally like adding things like the first level is quite basic you know just jump off a wall you know save bandage girl and slowly but surely they're building on like a you know like a pyramid scheme they're sort of like they're building the foundation then they're adding on top of it until you become the king of the pyramid but they also do that through like other ways as well like the aha moment you're talking about like in that level that came for me when i got my first a plus and i was like i scratched my head and i was like a plus what does that mean and then I realised it unlocks the dark world when you press the X button on the map. But then you, then you, the, I just took a look at a level that was like pretty intense and crazy, and just thought, "Hang on a minute, this is designed for me to be ran through." As we said earlier, like, like these levels are so precisely designed that you know you you can get A plus in all these levels. And I think you know they never they never throw it in your face like, "Yeah, if you want to go to the dark world, do this." It's just all subtle hints like you got an A plus, and you're like. What's that? What does that actually mean? And then you realise that, you know, the more you play, the more A pluses you're you're getting, and that you know, the more you're confident with Meat Boy and stuff like that. It's it's, it's such a clever way of training the player without actually throwing much in their face. All there's only a few like um sort of like little mini animations in the level to sort of tell you how to run and wall jump and stuff like that. Mm. But never do they actually teach you via text it's all for very subtle things like i say like the a plus and and the bandages and the level like how do i get that bandage in the corner and then you realize that if you ran and you jumped off a different section of the level you will grab the bandage and you know unlock a new character yeah yeah i think it's um it's interesting as well with those a pluses that occasionally i would finish a level and I'd, i'd just have got through it by the skin of my teeth and i'd watched you know a a couple of dozen meat boys die in in the ending before I'd, I'd seen my my one triumphant meat boy uh, win. I'd look at my time and then I'd go and look at the A plus time and I'd think how? <laughs> but you know. know, it's not arbitrary. It's not you know. Um, other platformers I've I've played and enjoyed Rayman Origins to a certain extent. Some of those times that they give you for the speed trophies feel kind of arbitrary. It's just because maybe the level's so long. There's so much going on. There's different routes to take. It's not necessarily Mm. always about going through the level as quickly as possible. So they've set a time that if you're doing a couple of bits and bobs and maybe collecting some lums and you'll get through it and maybe you can get it. Occasionally that's not the case, but sometimes they're really too generous with the time or, or it seems like, you know, it's kind of an arbitrary time. It just happens to be one minute, which seems to round a number um, but the times they've picked for the grade A plus times in Super Meat Boy never feel arbitrary, it feels like a target it feels like a right, if I do this with like n- no real mistakes, just maybe some bad positioning and a couple of spots that you need to adjust you know fine well, you can string the moves together and you can get through it and see that grade A plus pop up um, and it's not really a test of how good you are at the game. It's almost how brave you are to just try a different route or see if you can just string those moves together a bit quicker than you did previously. 
Yeah, and but bravery is key with Super Meat Boy, as we said, like running yeah. as fast as you can. And it's it's the ability to not be afraid of dying. Like just let go, just let go of the fact that you're going to die maybe fifty times in a level. You're going to instantly respawn back in, and you're going to be running just as fast as you were before. Literally, literally it within a second, you're going to be back at the beginning. The levels aren't too long. That they're never like oh, unless you're near the end, then the level one level is particularly mentally long. But um, <laughs> yeah, the levels are never. If the levels aren't one uh, like one whole screen, they usually they usually scroll a little bit to the left or to the right, and you know don't be put off by the fact that you died and plot back at the beginning. Like that's that's part of the game's appeal. You know what I mean? Well, um, one of the things I was so impressed with was that they've actually made some really smart design choices in order to reduce the level of stress that you get when you're playing the game you mentioned already the fact that the levels are really short you know some of them are 30 seconds but like the longest one you know one level will be uh, is about one minute really um oh, you'll spend hours on one level <laughs> but like the the time it actually takes to complete it is usually only like 30 seconds to a minute um and and you know little things like when you die it you instantly respawn. There's no waiting. There's no, you know, Northern loading screen, screen or anything like that. Something you've seen a hundred times before. Yeah, I I can't tell you the number of times I've stopped playing a game simply because I've died and I've hit a loading script. Like Mass Effect Two was the worst for that for me. Mm. Like I die and then there's this, like, you know, ten twenty second loading screen, and I'm just like. Okay, no, I'm done. I'll come back to Mass Effect 2 another time. Whereas Super Meat Boy, it's instantaneous and it feels like the developers are going, go on then, go again. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. come on, yeah. get back up. Um, and the music also, it doesn't stop and restart. It just carries on. And that adds to that feeling of, like, come on, we haven't stopped. Nothing you know, stopped, yeah. You don't nothing get to stop. Stopped. You don't come get on, to carry yeah, on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and all of that stuff just pushes you forward. Like the, you know, there are plenty of moments where, I'm, like, as much as we're praising the game, I'm sure we've you know we've all gotten stressed oh, out gotcha. by this game <laughs> and had those white knuckle moments. But because it you know it, it constantly pushes you forward, and it feels like the developers are like are saying to you, "Come on, get back up, try again." Mm. You you feel the urge to keep going to push through that wall um and and you play other games and you think um, rayman origins is a great game like don't get me wrong but and and its loading times aren't bad but just be having to wait even two seconds even three seconds for it to load it 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 gets in the way Mm -hmm. and and the same with the music as well and stuff like that you look at other games and you think there are some lessons that could be learned from Super Meat Boy that aren't getting through even now. Yeah, um, yeah. it's a. I've got like a classic example at the moment. We mentioned Rayman Oranges, uh, Origins, but I'm also playing uh, Rayman Legends, which recently came out. And uh, I've got right to the end. You know, there's only like a few teensies left to collect, and it's all to do with these like speedrun levels. And the thing that's putting me off is that. Well, for the reasons that we're praising Super Meat Boy for, like you have to go back to the menu to you know the overworld hub thing to then select the level again, and and when you retry, it does a little loading screen, and it, it might sound really like fickle and arbitrary, like oh, what's only a couple of seconds, but when you're spending like say thirty yeah. seconds over and over and over again, and it, it's and then you you need the momentum within yourself like to to keep going, and as soon as you see a loading screen or you know, a, a little teensy jumping up and down, going loading. You're just like, I'll oh, just piss off. Do you know what I mean? I'll come back yeah. 
you know whenever you sorted your game out via a patch but yeah Super Meat Boy it's, it's just taken like a lot of 2D platforming conventions and just like just gone nah we'll just nah, we'll make our own rules here and they've just yeah. they've come up with something that's evolved the genre yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I think the the most important thing about that is, yeah, I understand dropping someone back to a, a menu to say, would you like to try again? But the problem is they're asking you, would you like to try again? Which gives mm. you the opportunity to say, nah. Nah. <laughs> it yeah. gives you the opportunity to say, no, don't give a player the opportunity to say, no, the number of times I've said, just one more try at this level on Super Meat mm-hmm. Boy, then I'll go away, do something else and come back. And I guarantee you I tried 20 more times after that. Yeah, never did I ever say one last try and then actually stop because it does (laughs) not happen. And the music carrying on is another perfect example. The number of times either a cutscene plays every time you die, it's an intro to a boss cutscene, and games are bad for that sometimes. Not platformers necessarily, but um, shooters can often be pretty bad for that, or action Mm -hmm. games. Um, Or the music starts again and you hear the same few bars intro that you keep hearing over and over and over. And it just starts irritating. It starts grating on you in addition to the fact that you're doing the same piece of gameplay that you've just done previously. And seeing the same stuff, especially if it's a story-driven game, you're seeing the same dialogue, you're seeing, you know, in Mass Effect, that obnoxious teammate do the same thing that he did last time or whatever it might be it's all just reminding you that you're doing this over and over again whereas in Super Meat Boy the only thing that could possibly remind you that you're doing this again and again is the fact that you feel like your hands are just moving of their own accord in order Mm -hmm. to get you through to where you got to last time and it just feels so easy to keep playing and never stop and everything's geared to just... it's beyond that whole one more try thing people say about or one more turn thing about um, civilization or other strategy games. It's it's not even one more try. You kid yourself it's going to be one more try and you never really mean it. Well, it's not only that all these desi- uh, design decisions push you, you know, push you through that uh, challenge barrier but they also push you past this mental barrier in your bre- in your mind which which we've already alluded to but you know towards the end of this game i got to the point where i was like no you will not defeat me super <laughs> meat boy <laughs> like my hands were just glued to the controller and my eyes I, I probably did blink, but it felt like I had blinked for mm. about a day and a half or something. <laughs> um, it, it, you just... And it's kind of like a zen-like experience, but a zen-like experience fueled by rage. Yeah. Um, it sounds so odd to describe, but it, you just get to a point like where you, you cannot let Super Meat Boy win. No. You cannot let it beat you. You have to win. And that's because you um, know that the levels are designed as such for you to get through like some games they some 2d platformers they feel hard because they're designed poorly like oh a a random bit of floors falling away beneath you you weren't to know but if super meat boy had or super meat boy has got crumbling floors and you know which ones are going to crumble you know which one it then starts playing with that um that notion of of things crumbling where you have to slide up against them for them to crumble then you sort of slide beyond them because they've crumbled away like the way Super Meat Boy introduces like variants of platforming and stuff like that, it then, like I say, it starts to dick around with them, and then you start becoming the master of it. Like, right, okay, for this this speed run, where normally I'd get scared of these crumbly walls, now now I'm just going to jump up them like I'm like I'm Batman or some other jumpy type <laughs> person. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah, like I say, Super Meat Boy, it just 
like when you first step on a crumbly thing in Super Meat Boy, you know it's going to crumble because it's slightly dotted and it's you know it, it makes that noise. It makes the right it makes the right noise to let you know and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, it's just all those things that sort of other two D platformer games before and after you know fa- fail to do. Well, that's a you know a, a great point that that's worth um, just dwelling on for a couple of seconds. It's never cheap. No, like Super Meat Boy is never. It never throws something at, at you out of nowhere. You know, you always know the obstacles mm-hmm. that you're about to face. It's just about the combination of movements that are going to get you get you past that yeah. um, obstacles. That's the thing you don't know is what you as the player have to do. You know, you know the threat. You know what you're about to face. That's not a mystery. So. I think that aids the you know the feeling of you know I can do this I just one you know just one more try just mm-hmm. one more try is that it, it it doesn't feel like the game is unfair you know it doesn't feel like it's trying to um you know screw you over it it it, it is presenting you mm. all the information that you need to need to know you know which you already said Darren um Moving on, I I, I want to talk about the um, the secret levels. Not everyone actually gets to experience these. Hmm. Um, the you know the retro inspired mm. levels and yeah. the the levels with uh, special characters who make an appearance, like um, Mister Bittrip. Uh, what, Commander Video. Sorry. Commander Video. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, I apologise, Bittrip fans. And he handles um, just like Peach from Super Mario Brothers too. He's got like yeah. a little floaty skirt animation, which is just brilliant. <laughs> now, I have a confession to make. I have never completed any of the secret levels Whoa. in this game, apart <laughs> from the Commander Video level. How come? Um, it's because of the lives oh, okay, system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you you're, you are limited to the you know the number of tries you have. I just had no compulsion to uh, oh, complete them, I'd, which I know I know is a shame because apparently they're really good. But I, I, I kind of yeah. have to agree. I, I completed that commander video one. Um, I, I felt that was almost uh, it, it was the. It was the one to suck you in, but then the next, mm. yeah, the next warp zone I got to, it, it, it occasionally felt like it was, it was too much trouble to get to the warp zone, um, to then just, you know, tap mm. out after three tries. That's um, I, I think that was unfortunate. I think I always felt like I'd rather carry on with the main levels and complete yeah. all of Light World, and then maybe go back and see if I had it in me to complete all of Dark World, and <sighs> then collecting bandages or or going through the the secret levels then that was when i would do that once i really felt like i'd mastered everything the game could throw at me then do the stuff that felt like it was that extra tier of challenge because those didn't always necessarily feel like they were part of the same difficulty curve if that makes sense whereas going through the light world getting to the point where you really felt you're running out of steam and then picking up some of the dark world um as you were going through, felt like it gave you all these little building blocks, as you were saying, the pyramid system, where you started to feel like you were really getting it. Um, whereas often, I just felt like the there was there was just enough of a, a gap there always for me just to say, no, nope, I'll come mm. back to that later. That that secret level will just wait. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Mm. And the um, secret levels. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say the the secret levels suffer from the same problems that we were talking about, which put you off games. Like to get to a warp zone, it's quite exciting because you see a little 
purpley swirl in the corner of a, of a level and you're like well how do I get up there <laughs> and you know you, sometimes you might accidentally bump, bumble into one or something and you get the wicked intro that goes warp zone and people get sucked <laughs> down to an 8-bit sort of Amiga version or Game Boy version world but the problem with that is is that it does the things like, like we say that, that get in the way like when you lose your free lives you're then thrown back to the level or to the world yeah. map and then you have to select it again to go into the warp zone and it really it really is like a like a like a bonus it is like a secret world that you know if if you want to get extra characters and stuff then yeah go for them but yeah it's um it's a shame that i know it's a throwback to the old days and it is like 8-bit gaming when you had lives but was it really necessary to have lives in the secret levels? I'm not so sure because it sort of contradicts what, what Meat Boy is all about. Because then you know you get a game over screen. You're like, ah, oh. then you have to reload the level. You're just, oh, come on, this isn't what Meat Boy is about. Meat Boy is all about, you know, go go go. But then again, you know, they are side content. Oh, definitely. And yeah. With that, with yeah. that in mind, I think that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. If they included these levels as part of the main game, mm. then maybe I would have a bit of an issue with it. But it, let's be honest, it's there for the people who are really into Super yeah. Meat Boy. I- it's not there for someone like me who's just going to complete the light worlds and then i'm done with it so i did complete absolutely loads of these uh you know i i I noticed the flaws in it and i noticed like why people won't go into these because of the lives and the you know the the reloads but um yeah i completed absolutely loads of these and i I thought they were they were genius like you know they were just they sort of they boiled what Super Meat Boy is about into you know into, into its basics. It's all just sort of like, like one level was like a, like a Game Boy screen. You know, it was one of the first games to actually do the the monochrome effect or the dot matrix effect that the Game Boy had, and it just sort of boils yeah, the yeah. essence of Super Meat Boy even further down to its basics because it doesn't rely on fancy animations that much. It doesn't really rely. It's just just it's just a block going through a series of other blocks, like especially in the um, the levels that look like a an Atari ST. You know that that well old console in it and you know it's hmm. literally just guiding a block forever blocks and there, there are some levels where you are a pixel well not a pixel but a, a, you know a, a four by four bit of cube you're just a little cube yeah, and then you have to bounce blocky, off two certainly yeah. Like, yeah yeah and you know and the way you get up a level is by two blocks on top of each other so you're all kicking off these two sets of blocks but it doesn't actually look like super meat boy it just looks like blocks kicking off you know off of blocks it's it's quite it's quite hard to explain hmm. but yeah um there was one that I absolutely oh, I got stuck on because there's an achievement tied to it and you know the games that I really enjoy I do like going for the achievements sometimes but there's one called um, it's based on I Want to Be the Guy and it's called The Kid and it, it's a it's quite a famous mm. or infamous PC game where it sort of kills you stupidly like it's it's a, it's a comedy game it's a 2D platformer but like you get to the end of a level and like like a Mario pole you slide down it but instead of sliding down it a big foot Monty Python style crushes you and you're just like eh, it's funny yeah which I don't really find that appealing but <laughs> when they put that character into Super Meat Boy and uh, they offer you this challenge that was just so ridiculous it's the only secret world that doesn't actually have a lives um, mechanic it just keeps respawning you because the actual right. bonus level for the kid it's so hard that, that they know that giving you a live system and dumping you back up to the main menu is just a, just a waste of time. It took me two just hours to do one yeah. of the three levels. And I was like, yes, I've done, I done it. And then I realised <laughs> it was one part of three. And I was like, oh, tits. Like, I'm never going to get through this. So I just turned it off and never went back to it. <laughs> two hours of my life doing 33% of the secret world. And I was just like, nah, I'm never getting that achievement. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that that sounds... Exactly like the sort of thing that I, that I would have just yeah given up at as well, um, and, and it's yeah it's it's just a shame that um, given that for you and me Josh it was 
it was so inviting to play a platformer. I'm not good at platformers. Timing is not something I'm particularly good at in games. So to know that, yeah, it may take me a hundred tries to get through the last level, but it doesn't actually matter as long as I just put the time in, I'll get through it. Um, it's a, just a bit unfortunate that those secret levels, because the Commander video one was ace. I I really enjoyed it, but knowing that you know the next one I got to, knowing that there was three lives there, so even if I got to the end of that first section and I'd used up two lives doing it, I thought, well, I'm never making it through the rest of this. You know, it's it's just mm. a, a reminder there that you've kind of failed already, which. I never felt the main game did. Which is, I should it, mention that it's it's three lives per like level. If you know what I mean, so there's three levels in a secret world, and if you if you manage to clear the first one within the three lives, your three mm-hmm. lives are then reset. Back yeah, yeah to, reset. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. good. That's right. Sorry, I just thought you were. I thought you said there were three across the whole of the three levels, but no, no yeah, it, just, it, like, just, it just felt like I was always scraping through one part mm, of the okay. level, and then and then the next one I'd get to, I'd just lose all three, so you go back to the you know the beginning again. Yeah, that's um, yeah, it just always felt like a, it was a bit of a. I get it felt like it was a guillotine up above your neck, just waiting to fall. You know? Yeah. is not the only character that you can control in this game. In fact, there we've already mentioned the fact that you can unlock uh, Commander Video by playing one of the secret levels. There are loads of other characters that you can unlock uh, by finding bandages that are scattered all over the uh, levels. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I hardly ever used any of the other characters. <laughs> um not because they, you know, they control badly. I think Commander Video has a really nice feel to him all his own. But you just get so used uh so used to the timing of Meat Boy yeah. and the the patterns that you know that you need to get through a level that it felt detrimental <laughs> to the experience swapping to another character because you play as that character for too long then suddenly the muscle memory that you need for Meat Boy mm. is gone yeah. and um, yeah so I ended up not using many of them did any of you guys use them um, only as part of a fun experiment do you know what I mean when this game is really good for passing the pad to uh, friends when when they're around having a few drinks or whatever and it's really good to say i bet you can't you know beat cotton alley with with the head crab from half-life or gish or something like (laughs) that um as you say it's all about muscle memory with super meat boy so playing as anyone other than meat boy and maybe four bit meat boy if i want to you know to have the same character in a you know in a different skin you know but yeah i never really play as commander video or you know the the alien from alien hominid i just don't really see the I don't, uh, it's not that I don't see the point. I just don't think the levels are perfectly designed for all those characters. They're designed for Super Meat Boy or Meat Boy. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact that Tim can rewind is a cool idea, like because he does in Braid. But is it, it? Are the levels really designed for that? 
not yeah. in my mind. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not for me. No, I think they they feel a bit more a bit like well a bit like the way I ended up treating the secret levels. They feel a bit more like side content, and if you're actually just enjoying the main game, don't worry about them too much. Was was certainly the way I treated it. Um, I never I didn't get enough bandages to unlock any of the characters. I just wasn't if I couldn't get them as I was running through the level, um, sort of first time through. I I didn't go after them. I didn't, you know, replay the level to go back after them. So I think I've got like eight bandages, and you need ten to unlock the first character. So um, never unlocked any. But uh, I think something that is possibly germane to this discussion is in Binding of Isaac, you unlock different characters, um, and in that game, what I found was the well. First of all, there, there are reasons to use the different characters because they have different abilities and mm-hmm. there's pluses and minuses. But the the pluses sometimes very much outweigh the minuses. But what I found there was that it depended upon how I played the game, what I wanted. Yeah. You know, if I wasn't very confident, maybe take a character with extra life. Actually, when I get to the point where I'm feeling a bit more confident with it, I'm going to switch over and have a character that moves faster. Um, or does more damage and and lose out on some of that life because I didn't need it because I was a bit more comfortable with things. Um, but yeah, in Super Meat Boy, I'd end up feeling like I think like I was undoing that muscle memory by playing with another character. Um, and given everything that I'm doing is so, or supposed to be in, in my mind, so tuned to uh, Meat Boy as a character... I would actually feel like I was undoing some of that work I'd done, you know, almost like, um, I, I, I don't know, like like pay, playing an instrument and, and just trying to get used to that instrument and knowing how it feels and how it works and then just switching over to, you know, a guitar with more strings or from an electric to an acoustic before you've really got a, a good feel for how to play hmm. with the instrument that you're currently using I'd feel like I was kind of undoing some of my hard work um, so it's yeah quite in- I ne- never really wanted to chase after them Oh, it's quite interesting you mention Isaac as like a you know a, a good a good uh, a good way of you know dealing different characters at you because uh, Isaac is all about it's not about level design with Isaac. It's all about enemy design. Because like, the yeah. level design in Isaac's really basic. It's just like a Zelda dungeon from the NES days. It's quite basic. Yeah. There's a few Bomberman-type moments where you're dropping bombs into blocks and blowing mm. them up. And it's all about the enemies attacking you. Whereas with Super Meat Boy, there's, there's rarely any enemies. There's a few like oh, these horrible mouth things that split into smaller mouth things that eat you. I hate them. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Super Meat Boy is all about like an obstacle course, isn't it? It's all about how you jump through these yeah. hoops. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. Isaac is all about dodging, evading, um, you know, absorbing damage, taking damage, and then and because it's randomly generated, it's sort of like um, you know it yeah. balances out in your favour sometimes, stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, no, that's very much it. The, the Super Meat Boy doesn't work if it's procedurally generated. It, no. it clearly doesn't. So clearly doesn't work that it just wouldn't even it wouldn't have worked as a game I don't think and even um, if and Super Meat Boy was procedure generated which you know is pretty infallible in my head but Spelunky <laughs> is super uh, it, uh, Spelunky is randomly generated every time yeah, you play yeah. it but those characters are all the same blanket across there's no like yeah. you know extra ropes or bombs so uh, in my mind, Spelunky is Super Meat Boy meets Isaac. Like they're definitely two games yeah, yeah. that be put together. You get Spelunky. I, I think what, what everything we've talked about, you know, the fact that um, 
Meat Boy runs at a certain speed. He jumps in a certain way. Um, the fact that he leaves all the splashes, tra- splashing trails behind him, and uh, sticks to the wall like that—that that all fits with his character. Having other characters in there, it feels like uh, what it does do for me is put Super Meat Boy in a in a world where it, it shares a space with all these other indie games that that have characters. You know, they've they've exchanged characters, if you like, as as just nice little Easter eggs for people to find. And I think that's why the secret levels, the unlockable characters, are important. I don't think ever in Super Meat Boy you're really going to pick another character as a viable. That sounds harsh to say, but they're not there as viable alternatives in my mind, which is why I never chased after them. Um, they were there more as sort of curiosities and nice little nods to the fact that Meat Boys appeared in other games as well. And there is this. Um, really strong community amongst these developers of indie games where they want to celebrate the successes of each other's games by saying, yeah, absolutely, put Meat Boy in Isle of Milo or whatever it might be, you know. Um, Just a nice little nod to the fact that they all kind of come from the same place Mm -hmm. um, in terms of their intent and in terms of the sort of games they're trying to make. So I think that's why they're in there. Darren. Hello. Um, I think it's fair to say... Yes. That you are the only person on this podcast that has seriously investigated the dark world oh, content yeah. of Super Meat Boy. Yeah, according to I, according to the stats, I am fifty six percent of my way through Dark World. Right. Okay. I'm. Yeah. Not even close to that. <laughs> um, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure it's like one percent or something like that. Um, yeah. I tried to play the Dark World levels. You, I really you can, did. You can do them. At least the first world. You can. Oh yeah. 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 I, I. Yeah. I. I managed to do most of the the first world, but after that, yeah, it gets uh, ridiculous. And and the, you know. <laughs> You know, it's still, you know, really well designed, oh, yeah. really well put together. It's just at a level that's a bit past my yeah. abilities. Um, and the, I think, you know, I think it's fair to say the Dark World content was intended for only the most hardcore of the hardcore mm. enthusiasts. Like, you know, you, Darren, <laughs> let's be honest. But even then, like, at this, I think it's all to do with age. I, I see Super Meat Boy Dark World as. My, you know, the modern day equivalent of me doing double O agent on Goldeneye back in the day. If I was 16, 15, 16 playing Super Meat Boy, I probably would have done all the Dark World content. But, you know, as a, you know, now 30 gamer, like back, you know, when I was 20 out or something, there comes a tipping point. And for me, that was hell in Dark World. It was just ridiculous. Like, again, like it has all the same, all the same, you know, expertise that the original levels have, the light world levels have, but just on a totally twisted other level, it is, it is so crazy that even like, if I stared at the level thinking, how do I speed run through this? How, how do Ed and Tommy want me to run through this level? I couldn't see it. I couldn't see the pattern. I couldn't see this little line that my brain was tracing out on the screen. I couldn't see where to go or not that where to go, but I couldn't see how to like jump around. And it's, it's all to do with those little mouthy creatures that I was talking about earlier. There's just too many in hell. And then when you, in the light world, how anyway, and then when you twist it inside, inside out and upside down and give you the dark world version, it is just absolutely bonkers. But um, that's the best way to describe the dark world content is just like, it's a twisted version of what you've seen in light world. What I found was that as hard as the light level, the light world levels got, there was always a point where you had a bit of breathing room. Like there was a bit, there was always a part of the level where you could just stop 
to take a breath, right? <laughs> Whereas the Dark World content, it felt like you had to get through that entire level in one go, mm. or that's it. Like, you're dead. There is no breathing room. <laughs> there's no time to rest in the level. And I think that's kind of what put me off. Um, yeah, and while saying that, there are levels like that in the light world as well. But they were few and far between. It oh, didn't yeah. feel like they were the majority. Whereas in dark in the dark world content, they are the majority. Yeah. Um, if you see um, light world Cot- Cotton Alley, then if anyone else has played Cotton Alley after you complete the game, you get um, you get to play as Bandage Girl. Spoilers: where Meat Boy gets captured by the fetus, and uh, yeah, Cotton Alley is a good indication of where the game's heading for dark mm. world players. Like, you know, really. You can play the Dark World stuff before you do Cotton Alley, uh, but in, you know, as advice to the gamer, leave the Dark World stuff till last, really, because you're kind of throwing yourself in the deep end. Uh, you should do the Light World as it, you know, as it unlocks, you know, the Light World, the Cotton Alley stuff, which is it is ridiculously hard, but it is manageable. And then Dark World, you know, it sort of just spirals out of control. But, That's yeah. ironic, Darren, because when I said I, I was banging my head up against one of the levels on um, World 4, you actually <laughs> encouraged me on Twitter to go and try some of the Dark World levels, which helped. Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually found that I got, probably like Josh, I got maybe three, maybe a bit more than three quarters of the way through Dark World uh, Forest. Um, and actually going and just picking an odd level to do there, I found that it was for whatever reason I'd got stuck on this one level in World 4 and doing the Dark World stuff, the early you know, World 1 Dark World stuff um, just gave me that bit of a push to oh, okay. improve myself in a way mm. that I hadn't been throughout the Light World I'm not sure why. I think it's been too long for me to, I think I'm talking more from a, a yeah. recent experience like yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing Cotton Alley like just today, I was like maybe the player should do Cotton Alley before they even tried Dark World stuff because yeah. it is yeah. a good sort of indication of where it's headed I've totally forgotten I told you to try some Dark World stuff it, it worked um, it just, right. I guess it might just have been having a bit of a break and maybe if I'd just gone away and done something else um, mm. that would have been that would have been equally as effective but mm-hmm. I actually found that it just it forced me to to think about the game maybe slightly differently or to improve in a in a particular way that helped me in the light world oh, um, nice. I think the interesting thing, Josh, you're talking about not really having time, any breathing time in Dark World, even in the very last level, 6-6, six, six, um, of the Light World stuff, even there, I find, I mean, at the very beginning, you've got to stand and wait for a few seconds before you can, you know, before that uh, moving sort of uh, vertical set of saws moves on and there's a couple of spots through that level where you just have to stop and stand if you've been keeping up you know perfectly through it um, with those saws because they pause and hold you up and you've got to wait so even in that which is certainly in my mind the toughest level in the light world um, even there you are getting points at which you just stand there for two seconds absolutely stock still have a breather and then you know what's coming next and you carry on with it so yeah, I think that is seems to be a pretty adequate way of describing the difference between light and dark world. Is dark world's just not going to let you have that at all? 
Now, Darren, um, you added to the notes, my notes, uh, Super Meat World. Now, I, I, I foolishly mm. neglected to put it there, um, but um, this is this the um, user-created stuff? Uh, yeah. The, hmm. Yeah. But, uh, do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, it's, it, it is the user-created stuff, but you can't really create stuff, it, uh, stuff for it anymore. Um, if you get the indie game, the movie epilogues that they release for you know a few pounds, uh, they explain to you... Uh, there's, there's, a seg- there's a video in there called Tommy and Tet Internets, which is what the, the Xbox 360 version is called. It's called Tet Internet, um, the, you know, the DLC stuff. It's sort of user-generated content. Um, but to make this happen for Super Meat Boy, Tommy had to leave a certain thing open, like a, like a database door, basically. And he was using an access database through... A, a- Oh, I forget the name of it, but yeah, it's yeah. a lot of companies. If you work in a company that uses access databases, they use this sort of uh, background server software, essentially mm. that that um, shares that information. Um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to interject that because it's something That's that right. I was surprised to hear that they were using mm. gear, but I'd come across in my in my job. So, so yeah, and you know, people on the internet being people on the internet, uh, you know. Like trying to show Tommy and Ed, like, oh, I've got a bigger dick than you. Yeah, your your user generated content's rubbish because of this. You know, this backdoor sort of. Well, it's not really a backdoor sneaking entrance because Tommy knew about it, and that's yeah. the only way he could get the level editor working that way. But yeah. um, Tommy was just like, yeah, can, can you not can you not dick around with it, please? And then one day he turned it on and he loaded it up, and so that this guy had replaced all the user created levels with something like. Batch, uh, bad programmer, shit programmer, or something like that. Just a yeah. bunch of offensive words and stuff like that. And it just forced Tommy just to seal it off. Like, you know, lock the back door. You ain't getting yeah. in. And it's a shame because, just you remember. know, there's some really good levels on uh, Super Meat World. Uh, Super Meat World? Super Meat World. But, um, yeah. again, just like people on the internet just being dicks. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a big, like, kind of movement on Twitter and stuff like that at the moment with, like, indie gamers and stuff. Like, you know, we've all seen it happening. Yeah. And I just, I just kind of wish, just, just, just calm down, just chill out. Like we, we would have a wicked level editor, which I've, I have played around with before, and it, you know, it's quite intricate and, and exciting to use. But like now, I can't because someone on the internet thought they were clever, and now, now, who's the winner now? Like no one, no one's winning. Well, uh, you know, as with all things, it's the loud minority that ruin it for the, you know, the quite pleasant majority. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the number of people who were engaging with, you know, Super Meat World mm. must have vastly outweighed the people who, you know, made it a nightmare for Tommy. But because they did make it a nightmare for Tommy, no one can have access well, I mean, to it But now. the sounds of this epilogue, it was one guy who contacted him quite innocuously. It's quite actually a disturbing story to hear him tell it. Contacted him quite innocuously, just like I would contact someone on Twitter and say, hey, you know there's a spelling mistake in paragraph 3, line 1 of this article. Um, trying to be helpful, in all honesty, probably showing off a little bit that you spotted something they missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this guy sent him an email saying, hey, look, you know you're using this and it's not secured and maybe you should look in- into that. Um, Tommy's response, for uh, as far as he tells it, which is obviously the only side of the story we get is, um, he responded and said, yeah, I know, but this is the way it works. I, I don't particularly have a problem with leaving it, you know, unsecure. Um we'll just leave it, you know, don't worry about it, forget about it. And the guy presumably wanting to prove how smart he was just wouldn't let it drop and wanted to prove a point as people on the internet do if Mm. they feel they're not being listened to, I suppose. Um, Yeah, massive shame. 
Um, and it's just one more in a in a line of a, a few unfortunate um, interactions that the indie developers have had with people on Twitter or or via email or in any other of the you know hundreds of different ways that they can interact with the internet. And unfortunately, some people choose to use that to to be very negative. But um, I want to talk about the presentation and the general aesthetic of the game. Usually we talk about this um, up front, but because I knew we were going to talk a long time about you know the the gameplay, I, I thought I'd save this for last because I don't I don't think there is a lot to say about this stuff. Only to say really that it's really good. <laughs> um, um, the art design. Anyone who's seen um, uh, Edmund's uh, art anywhere else, it, it's immediately recognisable. He has a very distinctive style mm-hmm. that kind of crosses over to you know all of his games. Mm. Um, you know, Mugenics has a very similar art style, mm. um, not as colourful, but you you know you can still see that it's Edmund. And you know, same with Isaac and and mm. so forth and so yeah. on, and all and all the games in the uh, basement collection. It has. It, you can tell it's him, but you know, still, Super Meat Boy has its own identity. It looks, it does look really unique. Mm. The the square designs for all the characters really stand out. Yeah. I I think it's a nice little design choice having them all be these rectangle people. Um, mm. th- yeah, has anyone got anything to say? Yeah, I think Ed's um, actual art style comes through in the cutscenes. You know, with the references to the other games yeah. like Castlevania yeah. and Mega Man and stuff like that. And the actual gameplay has its own unique, distinct style, like you say, Josh. And I think the the art style that Edmund's got, oh, it comes from Newgrounds, that website, you know, the cartoony Flash game website, which is where Meat Boy is is based. So it makes sense that his art style is like that. But it's kind of like that cartoony, you know, very thick layers, a, a thick outline around the characters, very like round and bulky characters, but with a real twisted sense of humour to them as well, like really yeah. mm-hmm. weird and something that really clicks in my mind extremely well, which is why I enjoy Isaac so much partly because it is just so sick and twisted. Yeah, I've got one of his um, comics, he, he, the comic that he um, he talks about when in, in the game, the movie, uh, he, he, got, he got them reprinted and um, he got the comics reprinted and he sold like 500 of them on, on his website. And I'm, I, I rarely spend out for stuff because of shipping costs and, and stuff like that. But I felt with this comic, I, I really wanted to get it and keep it in this, you know, this little box, little super collector. But flicking <laughs> through it, it's just like you can see like where, where all his um, inspiration yeah. came from for all three of these, uh, all three games that have come out. Well, apart from Eugenics, wasn't out yet, mm. but it's not too far away, is it? I think it's um, the thing that strikes me about Super Meat Boy is first of all the simplicity, like you said, the the sort of um, square or, or slightly rectangular, blocky look to the characters that particularly comes through in the cutscenes is the simplicity. But that twisted sense of humour definitely comes through in Doctor Fetus. Um, just mm. the, the notion of that character existing is got a real sort of twisted sense of humour to it. Um, I think, and at the end as well. Um, when when finally you defeat Dr. Fetus, it's just, you can't help but smile at seeing mm-hmm. these characters in the cutscenes. Um, and it's a game that, it would have been so easy, as you were saying, Darren, actually just to have some pixels, like four, a 2 by 2 pixel on the screen or something, um, just moving around. And in terms of gameplay, it would have been exactly the same game. 
and would have been, to my mind, as good in that respect. But hmm. without the art, you wouldn't have smiled about it and the the cutscenes they have at the beginning of each world and then just generally in front of the the in front of and after the boss um fights just i I wanted to see them to the point where actually i watch through them each time i load up the world just because i want to see and just be reminded of how funny they are and how um how witty they are in in being respectful of the games that the creators clearly wanted Super Meat Boy to to reflect or evoke in some way. Um, yeah, I, I I really love the art. Um, I was surprised how much the in in level art is was right there in in Meat Boy. They haven't really changed that much at all. Mm-hmm. But what they have done is just built around it and allowed more of uh, just more of the characters to come out. Also, we really must talk about the soundtrack to this game, uh, composed by Danny Baranowski. Um, Just incredible. (laughs) Just, um, I really like the. This has been around in gaming for quite a while, but like this kind of neo retro, uh, you know. 8-bit music that you know combining some more contemporary music with you know that chiptune sound uh forest funk i know everyone has their favorite track but forest funk for me is the piece of music i think of when i think about uh hmm. super meat boy it just loops in my head over and over again and over again and i think the fact that it doesn't you know the music doesn't stop it just keeps looping every time you have to restart it just keeps going and keeps going the fact that it doesn't matter that you're listening to that same music over and over again and every single level is a every single level in each world uses the same track apart from the boss battle the fact that it never gets old like the fact that every you know there's no instance where it feels like oh i just wish they'd stop this music (laughs) it always feels so lively and so vibrant and just so energetic and it fits the tone of the game to a t mm-hmm. um i love the soundtrack to this game yeah yeah uh that danny baronowski he's he's very versatile uh to mention isaac again he does the soundtrack for isaac and it's kind of like the complete opposite but keeping the same vibe that he has he's um he, he seems to know how the, a game looks and smells, if you know what I mean, and sort of just add the the audio to it, just, just down perfectly. Like it's so like, in, in Super Meat Boy, the game's real fast and intense and challenging, so the music has to sort of stick with it. You know, the pace is there to keep you going, as well as you know, as well as to, to keep the game in sync with the you know the audio in sync with the visuals. But with Isaac, it's sort of like the opposite to that, where because the game is like an opposite to that, where it's all quite slow. Um, you know, methodical and stuff like that. It's all really like ploddy music, and he's just got such a wide range and of you know of of styles. Like even in Cannibal, a game that's quite similar to Meat Boy in premise. It, you know, the soundtrack for that that game. I don't know if it is a soundtrack or maybe just one track. It's just you know, it just again, it just fits the theme of the game superbly. Um, I've actually got Cotton Alley stuck in my head now, which is like, ah, oh, it's like how like the name Cotton Alley would say to you, fluffy, you know, vibrant 
level and then you listen to the music and it's just like la 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 you're like oh my god this is actually like in my head now like a massive earworm is just like in there just playing a little tiny jukebox and and it won't go away cotton alley just blaring away and it won't go away until i play it again it's, it's that kind of music where you have to it will stay in your head until you hear it again and then you always run the risk of it getting stuck in your head again but yeah one of the best soundtracks. Like as soon as the intro, the menu kicks in and the guitars kick off, and Super Meat Boy's two gets knocked out, it just all comes together perfectly. Like, it, like that intro for Super Meat Boy just reminds me of Street Fighter with the Capcom noise and the music starting off. You know, ah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's, it's it's near perfect. It, it it's a small thing. It's a small thing, but I love it. Um, the fact that you know when you're in the the main menu, uh, the Super Meat Boys theme is playing, like you already mentioned, Darren. But when you start the game and you go into the world map, it's the exact same theme, but just played on the bass guitar instead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something like that is uh, is really impressive to me as somebody as somebody who really loves video game music. The way they play with that theme is mm-hmm. really clever. Yeah, I think for me. I've annoyed Josh already with talking about video game music occasionally (laughs) and this game actually made me realise something about music which is uh, whether it be a film or or a video game when you're setting a a score or picking songs for something um, I think I tend to find that music that annoys me either tries to set the tone of what you're playing or watching um, too much and therefore distracts you from what what you're trying to be engaged with um, or it reflects the tone so much that it adds absolutely nothing to it and therefore just bleeds into the background and becomes elevator music, you know. Um, and it's a really difficult thing. I think the the, um, the soundtracks that I actually notice um, are the ones that, that balance that. They reflect the tone, but they also set it a little bit as well. They set your expectations for what's going to happen um, and they reflect what you already have seen happen and are going to see it happen. Um, or in terms of a game, actually, you're going to play through. And it absolutely does. Never once in this game did I feel like the music was distracting me or annoying me or in any way, shape or form getting in the way of the game. But I will never forget the music that plays over that last level. Uh, the it just It's epic and bombastic and, you know, it... It just is everything you're feeling at that point in the game because you're trying to get through these levels that are bigger than any others in up to that point in Light World. Um, and it feels like that real epic moment and the cutscenes go with it perfectly as well because they evoke that kind of action film every bit as much. Um, yeah, it, it just has a real nice balance between setting and reflecting tone is, I guess, the way I would put it. Uh, cool. Uh- Unless you guys have anything else to say about the game, I'm, I I feel like we can move on to correspondence. Well, it's, it's kind of one of those games where you talk about mechanics more than anything else, and I think we've done yeah. that quite generously. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no story, really. There's no... Well, I, 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 I thought about talking about that, but there doesn't really seem much point no, talking about the plot, to be honest. It's just a vehicle to get the game started, you know? There's no... Yeah. Like, I'm never thinking, oh, I've got a safe bandage, go, it's all about, you know, <laughs> just, I want to play a really it, good game. That, that's exactly the same as Mario, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, ultimately, yeah. it's become very much a trope, and it's very much a, a, I guess, a meme to throw 
words that I don't really understand out there. Um, <laughs> that you know, the princess is in another castle. It's just about getting through the level, and at the end, oh, guess what? You're doing it again. And yeah. that's all the story is there for mm-hmm. is to get you engaged with the mechanics and to get you playing yeah. through the levels. And yeah. it's just a little bit of impetus, but and and it provides a nice setting for those cutscenes, which are fun, I think. So if it does that, and and the story does, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing distracting about the story either. There's no point at which you say, well, that's just crap writing or anything, because <laughs> that's not what the game's about. It never tries nah. to be, so you never worry about it. It's just there as a as a pleasing little aside for here's why we're doing this. Okay, now on to your correspondence. Uh, James, could you read Hayes Red Mist for me? Yeah, sure. Um, First correspondence from Hayes Red Mist, who says, My experience with Super Meat Boy started with the download of the Xbox 360 demo. At first, I hated the game. It was just too hard. Deaths were too frequent, too frequent. It was a time when I had no interest in indie gaming and was used to having my hand held by developers from opening intro to end credits. So the demo got deleted. Sometime later, after seeing Indie Game the Movie, things changed. Something about the team meet guys, their philosophies, their inadequacies totally changed my feelings towards indie gaming and throwbacks to a time when you had to earn that completion, not just be shepherded towards it. So I bit the bullet and bought the game. It clicked this time very quickly. It's incredibly addictive, toe-curlingly frustrating, rage-inducing, but crucially every death feels like it's your fault and not the game's when you see Meat Boy land on a circular saw for the 40th time in a minute. That's the crucial thing. And the one more go mentality this brings with it is pretty much unmatched as a result. I love the game, the platforming and physics are rock solid, the soundtrack's brilliant, the easter eggs and plethora of extras such as characters, original Meat Boy levels, hard mode levels, all stack up to make this an essential purchase and what was for me the start of what is now pretty much my main passion in modern gaming. Indie games made for gamers by gamers. I've made countless purchases since of games that I wouldn't have looked at twice if it wasn't for Super Meat Boy, changing my perception of this side of gaming and, crucially, making me realise it's okay for games to be hard again. I'm still shit at it, though. Which is, yeah. yeah. Especially that last sentence is exactly how I feel. Still shit at it, but I still want to play more, still want to get on with it, and there's so many games that that's just not the case. Uh, Darren, could you read Donk's uh, feedback? Of course. Uh, the next one is from Donk. He says uh, SMB, uh, which is an acronym uh, similar to Super Mario Brothers. Hey, how about that? And Super Meat World being. This isn't Donk's thing, by the way. Super M- M- SMW, Super Meat World, is Super Mario Bros. Anyway, Donk says <laughs> Super- SMB is one of my favourite games. I've only finished the campaign once and I'm working my way through the dark worlds and bandages slowly now. What keeps me coming back is the control mechanics. They're perfect. The controls coupled with the instant retry makes hours disappear. You always feel like you're progressing. Most importantly, you can feel your skill progressing, not not character stats or upgrades. Your actual brain and fingers are better at the game. What seemed to be at first impossible, jumps become second nature after spending a few minutes with them. Then they become two times more impossible in the dark world version, but you know you will master the roots eventually. Then you log onto Twitch TV and watch the speedrunners there and realise you are but the learner. Oddly, I find it a relaxing experience, letting the repetition grab me and space out grinding levels. The art direction and the music don't hurt either. They're spectacular, in fact. Go in for the golden god. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's like the ultimate achievement in 
both the games, yeah. uh, Meat Boy and Isaac, and they're just like they're just so ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Sinclair Gregstrom says there is no greater proof of the old adage that it's all about the gameplay than Super Meat Boy. That's not to say it doesn't actually have quite an appealingly lo-fi aesthetic and deceptively intricate animation, but the thing you fall in love with and keep coming back for is the pin-sharp experience to be had from the finely tuned mechanics. Has there ever been a better, tighter controlling game than this? It truly is a glorious exercise in precision. And when you die, you die because you simply weren't good enough. Not because your character was finishing an animation sequence and fell off a ledge into a giant saw or onto a spike. Yes, it's infuriating at times, but you're only ever angry with yourself for not being fast or precise enough to stay alive. Overall, a beautiful thing that is one of my favourite games of this generation, which considering it looks like it came out 25 years ago, that is quite something. Now I want Darren to read this one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Robotic Monk 3Y, he says... Super Meat Boy! Instant Respawn makes the deaths much more palatable. The music is rad. The game, while frustrating the time, is super fun. And the music is rad. The gameplay kind of reminds me of some old-school arcade games, like, say, Gallagher, where memorising passing pattern is important. I also think that for a platformer, the sharp and precise controls really help the game. I recommend trying to play it with an arcade stick if you can. Dot, dot, dot. Did I mention that the music is rad? Okay, now <laughs> he is very excited to... for that, wasn't he? Does he like the music? I can't. I I can't tell to be honest. I don't know. I'm not sure he mentioned that at any point during his post. Um, right, uh, and now on to your free word reviews. Um, I think you guys can guess yep. the pattern at which <laughs> I want you to. Re- yeah. Okay, Pixel Omen says hurts so good. Yes, it does. <laughs> Gary Blower says. Red Wedding Mario. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> uh, Daniel Gomez says frustrating beyond words. Electric Skeleton says pure dead brilliant. The, the Sonic Mole says worthy of referencing. The, the, this show has been like, Ken Rince as a whole has been like Super Meat Boy reference the podcast. Just mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> well, that was a running joke for a while that we, mm. we didn't make a podcast without reference to Super Meat Boy in it. Stuart Cullen says Meaty Mind Grind. Rich Woodward says five smashed controllers. I th- hope oh. that's not true. <laughs> it's brilliant if it is, but I kind of hope it's not. How much money would that be? Because like, 360 controllers pop, are not yeah. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Upwards of 100 quid, certainly. It's yeah. worth it, though. I'd spend it on that for that. What? Uh, UJAT <laughs> says... So much blood. Alexander says, Super Meat Boy. Michael Ledward says, Thank you, Registratus. Um, I assume that's reference. Registratus is a, a Twitter user mm-hmm. who I assume must have put him onto Super Meat Boy. Yeah. Well, I'll fill in that blank there because that wouldn't <laughs> make sense without some backstory. Yeah. Xavier Fox Shandy says, Effort in frustration. Mark McQuaid says, too bloody hard. Tatsun says, bloody death, repeat. 
Gord Smith, Fucked on Mac. That's an interesting one. I know it came mm. out on Mac on Steam, but apparently... If it's that's... to do with Mountain Lion, the recent Macs, and the um, update on OS. Yeah, it just doesn't work at all. Ooh, that's... Dean Smith says, one more go. Uh, As a UK says, fix Mac version. And Robotic Monkey again. The music is red. No, he says, uh, platforming, a platform gaming benchmark. Uh, thank you very much for all your correspondence, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, now for our summaries, starting with James. Uh, I think it's just testament to how good this game is. I am not good at platformers. I'm not good at terribly difficult games. There is no way once I started and, and got into this game that I wasn't going to just keep going. And literally... It, 50, 60, 70 times I would have to retry some of the tough levels never once bothered me in the slightest um, It just everything about it every time I would retry it feels like you're learning, it feels like you're improving um, the pacing through it throughout is just exemplary um, this game is a homage in so many ways to um, Super Mario Brothers but for me, I I enjoy Mario a heck of a lot, but this game is the game I think of when I think of platformers and whether they're good or not. This is the benchmark. This is what I compare them to now. Um, and I can't think of higher praise than that, and I hope that that would seem as high a praise to um, Ed McMillan and Tommy Refinis as as it I, it feels that I am paying it by by saying that. Yeah, just to kind of echo your thoughts, I use this game as a measuring stick. Um, and you know a game is really good where you're good when you constantly compare it to other games in that genre. Like, I do that with Half-Life 2. You know, that it's a game that has set the gold standard for that genre. Um, just so... It's so precise. Every movement feels so in control yet it does feel like it could go wrong at any minute but that's not because it's badly designed it just it's it's the fact that the levels are designed in such a way that you feel like you're barely in control you're in control the whole time but they're constantly pushing you to the limit of your abilities and they're constantly teaching you new things and new ways to use meat boy in effective ways to get through the levels um this is probably the hardest game I've ever completed. Um, I, you know, people keep going on and on about how hard Dark Souls is and having now completed it. Dark Souls is a challenging game, don't get me wrong, but there, there is... Once you get familiar with that game, it's really not as difficult as people will lead you to believe. This game, on the other <laughs> hand... Um, the later stages had my knuckles white and I... You know, it did feel at points that um, I was fueled by rage. You know, just <laughs> I will not, I will not give up because if I, I, I cannot let Super Meat Boy beat me. Um, yeah, it's it's the it's the the best two D platformer I've ever played, hands down, like no competition. Uh, Darren, Ooh, hello. Uh, yeah, I genuinely believe that Super Meat Boy is the most important game this generation. 
um, it kind of it kind of sprung to life the indie game scene the indie game scene's always been there don't get me wrong like I'm not saying that these games weren't around before but Super Meat Boy was that one to sort of break through from the underground and pop its head above you know above the soil and get noticed by you know, a mass public and I think it's uh, I think it's great for the industry to have a game like that created by two people like, look how many games now are made by just one or two people and are just the embodiment of what games are all about do you know what I mean it's sort of I think Super Meat Boy has influenced the industry already. I, I think Rayman Origins and Legends are games that have been influenced by Super Meat Boy. You can sort of see the but by the way Rayman now controls compared to how he used to. Like you know, there's definitely Meat Boy references going on in there that you may not you may not notice, but I can definitely see it when I play Rayman. And yeah, I I think as I say, like there's a reason why I've got a box version sitting on my desk at all times because like it's called the Ultra Rare Edition because I wanted to buy this game as many times as possible without being a mental case do you know what I mean like <laughs> I, w- I want to buy the box version because it's a nice big box with Meat Boy's face on yeah and I wanted to give the um, the Steam key to my brother because I just knew that he'd really enjoy this game uh, his, his free word review which we didn't mention earlier but it was um, Meat on the Face and <laughs> yeah, that's James Gargett and that's, that's you know, that's my older brother who hasn't been into games for ages and then he found Dark Souls and Super Meat Boy and now he's playing Rayman Legends better than me like these games are important for the industry because they they remind us why we play games for a challenge you know mostly mostly for a challenge like it's a game you know what I mean you're there to be challenged and I think it's like, like I say games like Meat Boy Dark Souls and you know Isaac to a lesser extent although it has sold the same amount it's the, the, you'll see games inf- like these games influence future games um, and hopefully bring games back to where I think they should be do you know what I mean like, and, like try and play Rayman Legends now is it, it wouldn't be that way in my mind without games like Super Meat Boy so yeah it's, uh, it's, an, essential, it's an essential purchase and probably the best game this generation it's definitely the most important but yeah probably the best I think there's a reason why <sighs> Mario wasn't enough of a fuel to to bring Rayman back when when Oranges came out um, a couple of years back. Um, And that's because people assume that a game like Mario is kind of in its own bubble. It's Nintendo doing their own thing. No one else is going to be able to do that. And just the notion that the two guys with a love for Mario back in, you know, early 90s gaming, back when that was what games were, two guys with a love for that type of gaming could just make something that sold more than a million copies that in so many ways and and I'm trying to word this so that it doesn't sound like a a sort of backhanded compliment but indie games up to that point had been growing because of stuff like Xbox Live Arcade but there was a certain notion that an indie game had to be in some way clever or pretentious and I don't mean Hmm. clever in the way of just being smartly designed I mean it had to have a hook or a catch or a braids the obvious one let's be honest and it's a fantastic game but it had that time you know reversing mechanic or playing with time and it had the story to it that was slightly clever um to distract you from the fact that or to to add something else to the basic gameplay to to make it more interesting or build something around it and no disrespect to that but to make a game that is just so seemingly basic but so perfect in what it's trying to do. I'm not saying it's the perfect game, but it meets what it sets out to do perfectly to me. And that's why this game, perhaps, maybe that's what you mean as well, Darren, that's why to me it seems like 
an incredibly important indie game mm-hmm. um, because it shows what can be done with a lot of focus and hard work by a couple of people who have a vision of what they want to produce. Yeah, I think like the term indie game before it was used to describe, like you say, a sort of a small gimmicky game that may grab your attention for a little, for a little while. But now indie game is used to tell the the reader that you know it's not a it's not a triple A published game, and you know it's, it's a game made of with love and affection. If you know what I mean, like yeah. like these games are only created because they're the games that they wanted to play. Like you know. I think Ed says it in Indie Game the movie. He's just like, imagine being, you know, nine years old, getting a copy of Super Meat Boy. It would be the best thing in the world. And that's why they made it, because they wanted to make what game they wanted to play when they were young. And I think that's just so important when making a game. I think it's so important. There was one of the extras where he actually talks about the fact that someone who was about the age he would have been playing Mario wrote to him in exactly the same way that he would have, have written to you know uh, Miyamoto or or one of the creators of the games he loved and it's just it it shows a love for games for for all the creators that are shown in in Indie Game the movie but for Eddie and Tommy particularly I think just shows a love for games that it's hard not to find infectious for me certainly Okay uh, now for the roundup, play along with Kane and Rince Volume Two. Not many games left in Volume Two. Uh, we're, we're coming to a close. Um, <laughs> we have La Noir next week, uh, Psychonauts, and then finally Heavy Rain. I'm sure Leon and Tony uh, are, you know, readying the next massive list of games mm. as we speak. Um, so look out for that. Take a look at our Quick Rinse videos via the blog or the Canaan Rinse YouTube channel. Darren and and, and James mm. have been hard at work making loads of video content, so check that out. Uh, the Twitter is at Canaan Rinse. That's all one word, Canaan Rinse. You can find us at, on Facebook on uh, at uh, facebook.com slash Canaan Rinse. You can support us by subscribing, reviewing, and or rating us on iTunes. Check out the Kane Rinse periodical. Jay works really hard on that, so, you know, give it a look. And you can check out the Kane Rinse Minecraft server. That is still going. Uh, pop on over to the forum to find out the details there. Come and join the Kane Rinse community on our forum. If you think free word, you know, free words isn't enough to get across your opinion, come on the forum. Um, go on the page dedicated to the game that we're going to talk about that week and have your say. Uh, you can find that at kaneandrince.com/forum. And if you take away the slash forum, you can find out our website, which is uh, kaneandrince.com. And that leaves me to say thank you to Darren. Thank you to James. Uh, uh, you've been a pleasure on this podcast. And now I'm sure uh, we, we, we will be leaving you with some pleasant Super Meat Boy music. <laughs>